Good morning, Elevation. The last few weeks we've been studying the book of Ecclesiastes and talking about trying to find meaning in finances, trying to find meaning in pleasure, trying to find meaning in our workplaces. And today kind of takes a bit of a turn in that um, this scripture basically is saying there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything under the sun. Um, and so one of the ones that stood out to me just as Brandon was just reading it before um, was the time to embrace and the time to refrain from embracing. And I think we've all been practicing that this past year and few months. And I think we're kind of at the place we're getting sick of refraining from embracing. So hopefully that will end soon. Um, all of these could be a sermon. Each one of these could be a sermon in and of itself. So I chose this morning just to focus on a few um, that I felt was something that I wanted to share with our church. So the first one is kind of two together. It's a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them together. So we're going to look at this from a spiritual perspective. I don't know about you, but I grew up with a lot of rules. So one of the funny ones that stand out are that when my best friend was a pastor's kid and whenever I went to her house, we weren't allowed to play with normal playing cards. Um, something was bad about them, which we were unaware of what, but we were only allowed to play with rook cards. Um, so that was one rule that I had growing up. Another one that was kind of an unspoken rule um, was that dancing was wrong. So no one really said specifically like you shouldn't dance or go to dances, but it was just a general vibe like, yeah, you don't dance. So at our wedding, we didn't even have a dance, which is crazy because that's one of my favorite things to do. For those of you who know me, you would know that for sure. Um, but all these rules, right? All these rules that we grew up with and where do they come from and, and wh why do we believe them? Um, it's kind of like a tower that's been built up. And then suddenly something came to crash our tower down. So uh, Brandon and I were out west and uh, this was before we started our student church. And we met someone named Tom and he was a stranger to us at the time, but eventually became a mentor. And he basically tore down all of our belief systems, like in an hour and a half chat in a coffee shop in Calgary. Um, all of these things that he just kind of just kabam, just like asked us over and over again, why do you believe that? Why do you believe this? Um, left us kind of baffled after that conversation um, and feeling like our tower had just crumbled. We didn't know what we believed anymore or why we believed it. But it began a journey for us of kind of reconstructing um, and picking the things that are really actually important and valuable and true um, to our faith. And so I think when this happens for people, I think a lot of times um, when the tower gets torn down and when our stones are scattered, sometimes we can lose our faith in that season because we don't know how to answer those questions that are being asked. And so rather than do the hard work of trying to figure it out, we just kind of walk away. Uh, I wanted to compare this to a closet. So how many of you have gone through a closet this quarantine? I bet all of you have. I bet if I said show of hands, um, everybody would answer and raise their hand, yes. Um, I have gone through several closets this quarantine, uh, the last year and few months. And um, when you go through a closet, what do you do? you would tend to want to get rid of stuff, right? Get rid of stuff that doesn't fit anymore or that you don't want anymore. You would want to have like a maybe pile. That's kind of like the unsure pile in that closet that you're like, should I give this to Goodwill? Should I keep it? Am I going to wear this? 
Is this is still is this still my style? Um, and then you have the keep pile, right? You have like the fundamentals. You're like this like jacket is just amazing. It looks great on me, and it's a keeper for life. Or these jeans are like expensive, my most expensive pair of jeans, and I love them. They're like the fundamentals in your wardrobe that you're not getting rid of. So when it comes to faith, I think it can be similar to that, right? I think that sometimes um, we have the things in our faith that that are most important, right? I'm talking about the, the fundamentals of the faith, theology that you don't mess with, like Jesus died and Jesus rose again, that kind of, that kind of fundamental. Um, and then you might have the maybe pile. The maybe pile is like, I'm actually not sure what I believe about that. And I need to look into that more. I need to have more conversations. I need to pray about that more. I need to read the Bible more um, when it comes to that pile. And then you have the discard pile where you feel like this doesn't really suit what I believe anymore. This isn't really who I believe God is. So I'm I'm clearing that out. Um, I think in our culture right now, this is huge right? Because we question everything. We don't want to believe blindly. We don't want to be ignorant. So basically, we are constantly asking questions. We're constantly dissecting our faith. And I just want for us to kind of focus on a couple, a couple of things um, when we're going through our closet. So the first one is that it's, it's the comfortable challenge. So Typically, when we go through our closets, we like to keep what's comfortable, right? We like to keep the joggers. We like to keep the fleece hoodies, things that really we feel good, right? Um, and I like to call that the feel good Jesus uh, version of Christianity. So it's the kind that we just we like it because it makes us feel good about our faith. But when we really look at the life of Jesus and we really look at the life of the disciples, we can see that it wasn't always a comfortable life. Jesus usually did the opposite. He usually made people feel uncomfortable. Um, this, the disciples' lives were far from uncomfortable. They had to give up so much. And in, in the end, they had to give up their own lives, right? For their faith. So I just want to say be cautious of the feel-good version of Christianity um, as it's becoming more and more popular. Um, so maybe you need to keep the tightest jeans or that scratchy sweater because maybe that is more accurate of what the Christian life is actually about. Sometimes our faith journey isn't about being um, comfortable. Sometimes it's about being uncomfortable. So the next point I want to make while we're still in the closet here is um, a popular saying when you're a kid, you probably will remember this, is mind your own business. So M-Y-O-B, mind your own business. So I'm going to call this mind your own closet. It'll help you to remember it, hopefully. Um, often we want others closets to look like ours when we're challenged on something or are tearing down and getting rid of something in our belief system, we want others to do likewise, right? But I feel like we're all on our own journey and we all have our own closets. We all have our own closets to go through. Um, so unless your friend or family or stranger is doing something that is just 100% wrong, there's no question about it, I would say mind your own closet um, because everyone's in a different place. So an example of this is um, Jude last week. So he had put some stuff together in a bag and said, I don't want this anymore. And when I, I got around to looking through it a couple days later, and I was like, this is good stuff. Like, these are nice shorts. What's going on? Why are you getting rid of these? 
and he's like it's just not my style anymore I just I just don't like it um and I was like why these are so nice and all of a sudden I was like wait a minute these would fit Brandon so I said to him you should try these shorts on they're really nice Jude doesn't want them so he tried them on and we're like they look great and they fit great and high five to each other we're like yes just a couple new pair of shorts and we'd already paid for anyways um so i thought this was a good example i thought of this when i was doing this message because sometimes if something doesn't fit you right anymore or you don't like something anymore you don't feel like it's your your style anymore or the right fit for you it doesn't mean that it's not for someone else and that there's there's this like desire in us for everyone to believe the same right especially when we're passionate about something. We want other people to believe the same thing. But sometimes, sometimes in their own journey, it's not the right timing for them to learn that piece yet. Or maybe they never will. Maybe that's just for you. I was thinking about it and um, another example that came to mind was my mom. So my mom is just like the ultimate spiritual mentor to me. She loves God more than anyone I know. If there's anyone I go to uh, first for prayer, it's always her. Um, and about 40 years ago, she was praying for her dad. So her dad was an alcoholic, my grandfather. She was praying for him to be able to stop drinking alcohol. And she felt God said to her audibly, do you think you could stop drinking alcohol? And she was like, what? I don't even hardly drink alcohol. Like what? I only have a glass of wine now and again. Um, why basically? But she really felt challenged by God that this is what something she was supposed to do. And so she stopped drinking that day and she hasn't had a drink as far as I know of ever since. So for like 40 years, she has not drank alcohol. So that is her journey in her closet, so to speak. But it doesn't mean that's in everyone's journey. It doesn't mean that everyone else has to follow that because God told her something. So I guess the challenge is to, yeah, keep getting rid of things that you feel don't match your faith or don't match God's character or, or keep challenging yourself in that maybe pile and working through that and figuring out what you believe. But don't try to push that necessarily onto other people and change their closet into your closet because we all have our own journeys, right? So mind your own closet. That is that second point there to remember. Um, so David's a good example of all of this. So David's someone who really, really tears down and scatters stones. So all through the Psalms, if you've never read them, honestly, it's fantastic to read them because they're so down to earth. David is so um, just normal and really easy to follow along. And, and there's times when he's in deep mourning and times when he's super happy. But the Psalms are all kind of like this lamenting um, read about just he's in anguish and asking tough questions. Um, here's a couple, a couple verses that stood out to me. Psalm 1, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will I wrestle with my thoughts? Another one in Psalm 102 says, Hear my cry, hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I'm in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call, answer me quickly. So basically, David is, he's asking God for help, right? In so many of the Psalms, he's crying out to God uh, for wisdom and help and guidance uh, for his own faith, for his own life. Um, I think it seems like David's closet is a real mess. 
And yet there's so much rawness and realness to David. It's a desperation for God to show up. And I think when we're talking about tearing down and scattering stones and rebuilding and gathering stones back together, I think that David has it figured out. The key in tearing down and trying to rebuild our faith, the key to scattering stones and gathering them together is a deep love and passion for God. When you really love someone, when you know someone really well, you know what they stand for. You know what fits their character and what doesn't fit their character. And as you get to know God, I feel it's the same thing. When you spend time in prayer and in worship and reading your Bible, um, I really feel like you get to know the heart of God and then you know his character and you, you're going to know what doesn't fit in this closet of mine. What doesn't fit in this faith anymore? What do I need to get rid of? And what do I need to keep? So there's a time, there's a time to build, there's a time to rebuild. There's a time to scatter stones and gather them back together. The next one I want to focus on here is a time to mourn and a time to dance. So there's been a lot of mourning this past year. Let's face it, it has been a ton of sadness in the world. There's been over 3 million people who have died in this pandemic which is heartbreaking. I can't even get my head around that number. Um, there's been a huge increase in depression and anxiety in suicide. Yet hopefully in the midst of all of this, there has still been some joy. And something that I have learned is that these two can happen almost simultaneously. So the thought that came to mind was um, the, the saddest time in my life, I would say, the time when I was mourning the most was after my dad died. So my dad was, uh, I was 19 when my dad died. He was only 56. He died of cancer and I was in a deep, deep sadness. Obviously I love my dad. He was an amazing person. And so, um, I would say I was in a deep, a deep time of mourning. We had just come from the viewing. Um, I think it was the second day and my sisters and I and their spouses and Brandon was there as well. We, we went to the Dairy Queen. So we were standing outside and um, someone in my family met. We had just spent hours, hours in this line, right? Going, people coming through. And someone in my family mentioned this one man that came through. Um, and he was, he was evidently on something. Like he was very, none of us knew who he was. Um, he could have just walked off the street. We have no idea. But he started chatting about my dad as if he was <laughs> this wonderful man. Anyway, before we knew it, the point of this is that we were all laughing. We were just laughing and like a deep laugh. And the thought struck me, how can we be laughing right now? Like our dad just passed away. How can we laugh at anything ever again? Um, but it was a sign that even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of, of really sad, sad news, there can still be joy. There can still be goodness. Um, and I think it's important to remember that. Um, I think it's important to remember that even in dark seasons, there, there needs to be light still. And you need to find places where there is light and find things that bring you joy still in the midst of sadness. So David, back to David. So David had just found out his mentor, King Saul, and his best friend, Jonathan, were dead. They had just died in a battle. And in 2 Samuel 1.11, it talks about how David mourned and wept and fasted. So he was a broken man. He was very sad. His mentor, obviously his mentor, his best friend have just passed away. 
and he was broken. But the reality is a few chapters later, I'm not sure how long of a time period it was, but just a few chapters later, David becomes king over Israel and defeats the Philistine army and returns the Ark of the Covenant. And in 2 Samuel 6.14, it says, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. So much joy. Um, basically, I feel like most of you have probably heard this story. He was dancing and literally was like taking his clothes off, dancing in the street. His wife was humiliated. And he's like, I don't care. I'll become even more undignified than this. And just having a good time. Um, and so even it doesn't mean that David didn't forget um, about about King Saul and about Jonathan that he just didn't care anymore. But it's it shows again that even in the midst of mourning and sadness, there can still be joy and and deep joy. And so my prayer for you is that that has been happening still and that you're finding places of joy in this strange season in the world. Lastly, I want to include one that isn't actually written in Ecclesiastes, but since there's a time for everything and a season for everything, I think that this one's applicable as well. There's a time to wander and there's a time to come home. There's a time to doubt and a time to believe. So I saw this clip uh, about a month or two ago and it's of a sheep and we're going to watch it together. And honestly, it was just... Um, when I saw it, I was like, I need to share this. I need to write about this. I need to show this to people because it just hit home so much. So I hope it does for you too. Um, so let's watch it together. He's forgotten somehow and lost in the forest at least five years. I think he was a bit shell-shocked when he arrived. He couldn't really see because the wool had grown over his eyes. It must have been so incredibly painful. The local chap saw this mammoth moving amongst the trees and had to look twice and it turned to be the sheep so he texted us to see if we could take the sheep on which we readily said yes. <laughs> I can't imagine how he survived but he did. Another sheep was with him letting him know everything's okay. This is a good place to be, old mate. He had over 35 kilos worth of wool on him. That's how long the poor fellow had been out there. We had to get the police off, but we knew that was a huge risk to his health and safety, but leaving it on was a greater risk. really an hour to to get up because we had to go into hands and it was mounted and he had bits of sticks and twigs all sorts of things in his wall. I really believe he knew we were helping him. He stood there and let us do it which was just amazing because he was obviously scared but he also felt comfort in the things that we were doing for him. When we got the fleece off him, we finally relieved him of his burden. So we are like this sheep. 
we're carrying around this heaviness. So I feel like there's so much brokenness and heaviness in the world right now. And this is what that might look like for you. It could be a broken marriage, an addiction. It could be depression, despair, hopelessness, uncertainty about COVID, uncertainty about the world right now. It could be uncertainty about your faith. Maybe your faith has crumbled and your closet is a mess and you don't know what to believe anymore. Maybe the heaviness is injustice that we've witnessed so much of in this past year. Maybe it's physical pain, trauma, maybe it's hurt, bitterness, or could be loneliness. But just like that sheep was carrying around all of this extra weight, all of this extra uh, fur, fur? That, I don't know if that's right, <laughs> but all this extra wool, I guess, um, just heavier and heavier and so heavy it couldn't even walk anymore. I feel like that is sometimes who we are. I know I could identify with this. Just that feeling of so much heaviness this past year. And I love, I love it so much that the sheep's been wandering for six years, but it's time for the sheep to come home. The sheep is found. And when the sheep comes back, the owner said, I don't know if you caught this, but the owner says that Normally, a sheep doesn't like to be sheared. They're kind of fighting it and trying to, you know, get away. But this sheep was almost compliant and was almost like, go ahead. It's time. It's time. And I think that it's the same for us. That sometimes we're out wandering and we're carrying all these heavy burdens on our shoulders. Real things, real problems, real issues. We're carrying this heaviness. And God is saying, come home. Come home, it's time, it's time for me to shear you. It's time for me to carry this burden, to take this burden off of you and carry it myself. Because ultimately that's what he did on the cross already for us. So there's a time to wander and there's a time to come home. And so I hope that if that's you and that you're feeling that heaviness, if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, that you feel like a couple of things, that you feel first of all, like God is faithful and you can come to him. And it's not a pat answer to say it's just going to be gone and he'll take it away instantly. But he wants to help you. He wants to help you. He wants to help carry that burden. He wants to take that burden off of you. And also, if that's you, that you feel you can reach out for help to people. So reach out to myself, reach out to Brandon, reach out to the staff team, um, the pastoral care team, your neighbors group, but share that because also it says in the Bible that we carry one another another's burdens for each other. I think that's part of what being in a community is about. So please do if you're feeling that weight. I know I touched on a lot here this morning and kind of in, in different areas. Um, but if you leave with one thing, I think I think a couple thoughts just to leave you with. So the one thing would be Draw near to God like David did in the midst of all of this, whether you're carrying that heaviness and you're wandering, whether you're mourning, whether you're deconstructing your faith and saying, I don't even know what I believe anymore. I, I think one of the key things is to just be like David and draw close to God's heart. Draw, draw yourself into him. Get into the word again. Read your Bible. Pray. Worship him. Spend time meditating on him. 
And so I think that that's key. And I think the other key thing to remember is through all of these seasons, there's a season for everything under heaven, it says. Through all of these seasons, God is with you. Whether you're tearing down, whether you're building up and feel great about things, maybe your closet is nice and tidy and you're feeling good about it, God is with you in both of those places. Maybe you're feeling like you're in the midst of mourning right now. You're in a deep sadness. Or maybe you're dancing and things are going well in your life, but God is with you in both of those circumstances. He's with you for both of them. He's celebrating with you, but he's also mourning with you. And the last one too, God, God is with you when you're wandering and God is waiting for you to come home. He's with you. He's right with you in every circumstance, every, every season under the sun. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to go to our groups and hopefully have some good discussion about this. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. God, we thank you for, for being with us and being faithful to us in every season under heaven. God, we pray that when we're, when we're deconstructing our faith, when we're trying to figure out what we believe, God, that you would be with us, that we would know your heart, God, that you would draw us close to you and we would know you and know your character, know what to get rid of, know what to keep. God, I pray that when we're working through the maybe pile and unsure, uncertain, God, that you would bring the right people into our lives at the right time to speak truth to us. God, I pray that we wouldn't just want to be comfortable with the feel-good Jesus, but we would want truth in all things, God. I pray, God, for those who are mourning, God, that you would be with them. God, that they would sense your presence. God, I pray for those who are wandering. God, that you would help us, help us to come back to you. Help us to come back to you fully and to say, here are our burdens. Please take them. Please carry them. Please get rid of them for us. God, I just think of people who are suffering. I think of Tyson and Bolivia, Tyson and Carolina and Bolivia, and all the kids at the kids' home. God, we think of them as COVID has hit them this past week. We ask God for your healing. We ask for your healing touch there. God, in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of a time of mourning and worry, God, I pray that you would still bring joy in life. I pray that you'd bring healing still there. God, we just commit this week ahead to you. We pray that you would go with us. Help us to feel your presence every day. In Jesus' name, amen.